Hello. Well, count is running on the recorder, so that means that we're off. It's a busy podcast this month. There's been plenty going on, plenty to talk about. So what we will do is we will get straight on with things and we will go straight to the first bit of news, which is to do with the podcast itself. Now, for a long time, I have been threatening to have a audio player on the podcast page on my main website at richardflintphoto.com forward slash podcast. It just makes sense. It, It means that anybody interested in having a listen to one of these recordings can do it on the website. They don't have to subscribe or anything like that. They can just play it on the site. Well, for a long time, I was trying to find something that would work off uh, the stream, whether it be the RSS stream or one of the other streams um, that is created where I upload the podcasts at. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that worked. uh, Or if it did work, it would be quite a technical setup. So I've decided to go down another route and basically upload the MP3 files now to the website and the player plays them direct from the website rather than rely on a stream. So at the moment there is 14 um, podcasts going back to December of 2018. I won't be uploading any older podcasts than that for the main reason... I suppose you've got to have a cut-off at some point and a 12 months of podcasts on there already seems good. I will be adding any new podcasts like this one to the player, but anything older than 2018 won't get on. You'll have to go through the podcast archive, which is located below the player, if you want to have a look and play um, any of the older podcasts it's working really well looks really good and we'll see how we get on with it but it looks as though it's here to stay it's something that i've wanted to do for a long time but it's just one of those finding out what technology is available and there isn't actually as much as you would think that there is um and like i say i was coming from the idea of uh taking it from uh, where I upload the podcasts to rather than actually have them on site but on site seems as though it's the easiest option so check out the player on the podcast page you can even play this podcast Uh, I mean maybe you already are playing the podcast on there so if if you are hearing this via the player well done Uh, but if you're hearing it via your usual subscription uh well done as well for subscribing thank you very much right after <clears throat> that we will go on to what else has been happening on the website um isla the isla lord of the isles gallery is now active on the website it went live um to sometime in february i can't exactly remember when i think it was towards the end um, there's been plenty of work done on uh, editing the, the images and I've also added a couple of videos as well onto the gallery page just to add a bit of atmosphere and just to give a different look to uh, the photos and just people you can close your eyes and sort of imagine the uh, 
you can hear the 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 waves rolling up on the Kier Bay because one of the videos is uh, the Atlantic rolling up on the shores of Isla, which is which is quite nice. They're only sort of short little videos, maybe half half a minute, uh, three quarters of a minute, something like that. But they um, yeah they work quite well, and it's something that I think I'll be doing with future new galleries where there'll be a little bit of video and uh, and the photos themselves. I just think it adds a little bit more and it doesn't have to just be video. It can be also um, audio because that would work quite well to um, record something special, maybe at the scene or something like that. It doesn't have to be a long bit of audio, you know, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, something like that. But it's something to have... Um, and mess around with and see what we can come up with um but yeah i'm really liking the isla gallery it's it's worked quite well probably a couple of my favorite shots would be um the shot of finlagen um which was an amazing place to to visit very very soggy to get to though because there'd been a lot of rain in isla the previous week before i arrived and the lock had flooded, um, which meant that the walkway out there, to get to the walkway, you had to go through a flooded area, which was about ankle deep in water, and they'd run out of Wellingtons. So that meant that either I just looked at Finlagon from a distance, or I got my feet wet and made my way across. And that's what I did. I got my feet wet. Um, bit of lock water doesn't hurt you, does it? Um, fantastic place. And probably the other one that I'm rather pleased with is a bit further on. There's a couple of Highland Cow photos. I've wanted a decent shot of Highland Cows in their natural environment for a long time. Highland Cows have a tendency to... There's plenty of them up there in Scotland and in the Highlands, but they do have a tendency to be in places where you can't either park the car or there's something in the background that gets in the way. There's a tourist taking a picture or there's a car, or there's a cement plant, or, you know, there's, there's always going to be something that would spoil the image, and I managed to get some really good natural images of uh, just Highland cows in a field. The first shot, the, the close-up, um, with the title Highland Cattle Grazing on a Misty Coastline of uh, Isla. I mean, that has a beautiful Highland cow. I mean, they, they definitely are the supermodels of the cow world, I think, you know, they're just such an elegant animal. Very friendly as well, which is another benefit to photographing them. But there was uh, there was one in the foreground, and then there was two in the background that were looking in my direction, which sort of made the shot aided with the, uh, the framing. And then the second picture that I was really pleased with was literally where there was just the two Highland cattle grazing on the side, and then there was the, the cliffs behind with the mist and... Just very atmospheric, brilliant stuff. So anyway, that's Isla Lord of the Isles. Take a, a look at that new gallery. Um, it is linked from the main page. There's a, um, a slider with a rather good bit of video of the Salter fluttering away on the front of the ferry when I was leaving Isla. It was incredibly windy and it was quite quite rough coming away from the the harbour at Isla um it was quite a challenge to hold the camera still 
when filming that and even just taking photos but i actually think i did quite a good job but it, yeah it was it was very sort of rough um from the archive um which is on the test strip photo blog on the main site hasn't been around for about six months i think the last one was june of 2019 i decided that i would start 2020 off with um with a little piece about a project that i've i don't know i've got a bit of a, a problem with it um to give you an idea of the size of the problem when i was moving the website across to WordPress in 2011 uh, I had a whole lot of galleries that I wanted to, to move across a lot of the, a lot of them meant re-scanning or uh, reprocessing through Photoshop to get them to the right to a new high def kind of size but this was one project that didn't make it and it was the British rally championships that I photographed in may april may of 1998 it was the first two rounds of the championships that year and i ran into problems almost immediately because initially i wanted to do it from the point of view of a rally team basically get embedded with a rally team and photograph it from their point of view couldn't get the access couldn't even get past the secretary um there are once secretaries you know um decide that you're not getting past they're like you know a portcullis they come down and that's it you shall not pass uh which meant that i had to go down a different route which was basically getting press accreditation which actually was relatively easy um and photographing the rally that way but it meant that there was gaps i suppose is the best way of putting it in the coverage um it really i was covering the 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 rally from an angle that i didn't initially it wasn't as strong the angle so it didn't start off as strong as i'd like and i think also one of the other reasons why it was difficult was the reason that this was the first photography project that i didn't get access um in fact i think it's about the only one i've never got access so maybe that's one of the reasons why it um yeah it it isn't every time i look at it you know the images are great the images of the the you know the rally are great really enjoy them but um i don't know there's just something about it. But anyway, the post goes into the ins and outs of the photography and really what it was all about. And it also sort of like delves into my reasons why it isn't in the portfolio area. I've done it under the Tainted Love um, sort of title, subtitle. And the reason for that is, is I do like the project, but it, it's just for some reason, uh, yeah, it just some uh, there's some reason why it, it 
I don't want it in the portfolio section. I mean, t towards the end of the, the post, I've actually said about maybe, just maybe, it's time to consider adding at least some of the photographs to the portfolio section again. Time to come to terms with the flaws. Uh, I actually think after doing this post, because a lot of the, the, the strong images from that project are already on that post that I don't really see the point in adding it to the portfolio so I don't think it will be added anytime soon um, the images are there they can be looked at at that post and um, you know I'm proud of what I did but I think for various different reasons you've sort of got to have cutoffs for what makes it onto your website and what doesn't and even though the project can sort of like work 90%, it's that 10% that can make the difference. Um, and I suppose really that's what the, the post is all about. So have a look at that from the archive post. That's in the, uh, the test strip blog section of the website. And um, that is about it for the 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 website there have been one or two sort of like tweaks and improvements over the last month just improving some of the text and layouts and various other different things just to make it uh easier to navigate around uh the site now the next thing i'm going to mention is about the photo books i've been doing some work on edinburgh seven hills which is coming together quite nicely it's a bigger book now it was 82 pages it's been expanded to 100 pages the reason for this is to include some more work i've gone through some of the images from 2015 and included some uh, some more from from that year. I've also included some more from late 2019. Originally, the cutoff point for the photography in the book was going to be April of 2019. I decided that I was going to in include it to, to November 2019. And the main reason for that is is the images were, were good. There's, there's two more images that were added. Um, the images I liked. But also it makes it a nice round four year period from November of 2015 to November of 2019. So it sort of rounds the, the book off quite nicely. Uh, so that's coming on quite quite well. Uh, the release date has been moved back to Q2. But this is only for me to, to make sure that everything's um, right with the text. And also to make sure everything's right with the design. Because it has been expanded. Uh, there's a little bit more work just to check up on. But the idea is, is to get the book out for May or June of this year. So that's on going on quite nicely like I say uh the two towns well that's still penciled in for the end of the year of course that got delayed from christmas of last year because it's basically the text wasn't ready but i've got some idea for the the introduction text now um started writing it and really i'm doing it from my experiences there and memories uh, very strong memory of arriving at Waverley Station. And Waverley Station was absolutely packed. There was people everywhere. Uh, made my way through the railway station. 
up the stairs and then you come out onto Prince's Street. I mean, Waverley Station in Edinburgh is fantastic. It literally is in the centre of the city. Um, yeah, and I came out and it was literally just a cacophony of sound. Um, you know, your, your senses were assaulted by, you know, smells of food... Uh, there was Christmas lights, there was Christmas music playing, there was people laughing, there was people enjoying themselves. It was just a really, really... It was, it was sort of overwhelming, in a way. That's what it was. Um, and then I had to make my way along Prince's Street to the flat, uh, you know, which was, was quite interesting. I mean, it was great to get into the flat and just be able to look down uh on Prince's Street and just see people heading along to the, the Christmas market. And then later on that day there was a firework display because the Christmas market literally just that was the first weekend I think of the you know officially the the lights were, Christmas in Edinburgh was starting so they had this magnificent firework display which I don't think I'll ever forget. It was just magical magical now that is the two towns really that is probably the the reason why i remember it it was just it's one of the things about christmas is the older you get the less christmassy it seems and that year you kind of got that christmas vibe really the only thing that let it down was was up royal mile they had um, a tunnel of light. They were going to call it the Street of Light, I think. And sadly, they were going to be turning the lights on there on the Monday after I left. So, sadly, did not get to see that. But, you know, that's just one of those things. But, yeah, the two towns is coming on really nicely. And uh, I, I do like the, the angle of just sort of... It, it will mention some of the photography and favourite shots and maybe some of the stories. But I think really it's just going to concentrate on just some of the, the, the memories and just recording that. And then go into why uh, the two towns as a project was was shot. So those two books are coming on nicely. Now, there has been a bit of a... Um, a change to the books and how they are going to the order that they're going to be released in um, for next year there's going to be two releases the first one is going to be Scotland Lowlands and Highlands which is going to be the middle of 2021 and then there's going to be the Norfolk project which is penciled in to launch on Q4 2021 um, now the reason why they've been changed around, because originally I was going to release the Norfolk project first, is mainly because of what they were shot on, which was the Norfolk project was shot on film. Um, a lot of the pictures are already been scanned and are ready to go into the book. But what I wanted to do was put the two photography books the two planned photography books together that were shot on film so the first one is the Norfolk project and then the one after that is territorial so really 
with moving Scotland Lowlands and Highlands to be the next book released after Two Towns. It means that all of the digital photography uh, shop books will be released because they're a lot easier to put together. There's there's no scanning involved. Um, the images are already digital. So it just speeds up the workflow and it means that Scotland Lowlands and Highlands, which I've already started working on anyway, should be in should be ready for release pretty much uh, by Q2 of next year. And then I can start concentrating on the two photography, uh, the film photography books that uh, I've wanted to do for a while. Territorial is probably going to be slightly easier, although the work will probably need rescanning for that at a higher higher level uh, but territorial is a photo zine so it's not as thick and um, it's going to the layouts and things are probably going to come together a lot easier than the, the the photo books but we will have to see how it goes that's really all it is it's just a bit of reorganization to make it easier to produce them um, and also with the Scotland Lowlands and Highlands book there has been an awful lot of hits on the web page for the book recently so I think potentially it could be a good seller I've got one or two ideas with blurb you get the opportunity to either sell it through blurb or sell it through Amazon and I think what I will do is probably sell the Scotland Lowlands and Highlands one through Amazon I'll have to check that out but that's the thinking at the moment so plenty of work going on with the books Plenty of excitement. Edinburgh Seven Hills coming on. Really, really, it looks really, really good. Really, really pleased with it. It's just a matter of getting uh, getting it finished off. Um, some of the covers need a bit of a rework with Edinburgh Seven Hills, but other than that, it's coming on very nicely. So, I think we'll go into the photography links. I don't think there's anything else I need to mention. Uh, to do with the website or anything we will go into the photography links what are we up to we're up to 22 minutes i'll try and keep this on the 30 minutes uh there's quite a few um yeah there's quite a few links this podcast so we'll try and fit them in as quickly as possible so we'll start with the first one which is reuters america's longest war this is basically a gallery of 35 images covering uh, the war in Afghanistan over the 18 years that it's been going on. Great selection of images from the news agency, um, artillery, uh, back home, uh, you know, funerals back home, various, various different elements of the war covered really worth a look v variety of photographers i think probably one of my favorite ones actually is um image number 10 which is um it's basically um a slow exposure image of troops boarding a chinook helicopter at night as they begin a helic helicopter assault mission um in one of Afghanistan's provinces, uh, uh, you know, superb image. I mean, the, the stars look absolutely fantastic in the sky. Like I say, there's all sorts of images there to have a look through. Really sort of captures the um, 
the war and uh, you know good aspects and bad aspects as well the fighting and also the cost so well worth having a look at that um making the image leonard freed's work on the nypd this is from the magnumphotos.com website this is quite an interesting post because it looks at the contact sheets um this is in connection with a book that was published in 2011 called magnum contact sheets where I suppose it gives an insight in how to how the photographer works, what he's thinking, why he selected that image, and uh, Leonard Freed's uh, images of New York City's police department during the 1970s. Um, kind of a well, he even he describes it as a sociological sort of photography essay trying to work out you know why these people are doing the job and what effect that they have um and there's some absolutely beautiful images i mean the, the images of the policewoman playing with local kids in harlem is an absolutely fantastic photo um sadly these days i would imagine um oh i would like to think that um an nypd police woman or man would be able to play with the local kids and get to know them but whether that's still part of modern day policing i don't know sometimes it can just be a numbers game where there used to be a policeman on the beat there no longer is i know that's certainly the case uh in the uk in a lot of places it's one of the things that a lot of people complain about not being able to uh find a uh, a bobby when they want one but it's a great little um, website post on the Magnum site, just looking into the, the contact sheet and just discussing the, the project. And they've even got a couple of contact sheets that you can have a look at. So have a look at that if you are interested in how Magnum photographers work. And uh, the contact sheet. I do miss contact sheets, I really do. I always found them incredibly valuable. Um... On to, ah, this is an opinion piece in the New York Times, which is slightly different to what I usually do. This is written by um, a contributing opinion writer called Margaret Renkel. So not a dedicated photography writer, but this is called When a Picture is Worth a Thousand Tears. Not that sure about the title. The title's a bit yeah, less than about the title, really. I don't think it maybe a bit too soft um but it's basically margaret is writing about images today and the impact that they have especially if you know the subject matter is is children goes through quite a few interesting ideas and in some of the uh, photography and discusses them and modern day uh, photography and how images work today um it's not why we have the reaction to them etc etc and it does cover you know quite a lot of interesting 
ideas. So if you are, you know, thinking about having a look at what's going on uh, in photography and thinking about photography and why photography works in certain ways, this article is well worth a look. The next one is another one from the Magnum Photos. This is W. Eugene Smith, and it is on the set. Charlie Chaplin's Limelight. W. Eugene Smith's photographs capture the icon of early cinema as a reflective older man, at times struggling with difficulties both personal and professional. This is really a celebrity photo essay, is what it is. It's taking and following someone who is is famous they don't tend to do this very much now they um yeah it, it's a lot of the time now it's it's sort of you know celebrities sat on a sofa but they're very very rarely photographed at work doing what they're Especially in this sort of way, because it's a very personal, intimate sort of way. And I think a lot of celebrities now don't like people getting too close. They like to control things, which is the reason why Instagram has become such a, a big hit with celebrities. Because you can portray and put across what you want. You are the photo editor or the video editor. You can add what you want. You can say what you want. Um, but anyway, W. Eugene Smith went um, and photographed Charlie Chaplin while he was making his most personal project, Limelight. And it was 1951, I believe. I can't remember where there's a bit of text, but I've, I've gone and lost it. But anyway, the images... Also from the from his home life, also from uh, the set, and it's quite interesting, sort of looking at someone coming towards the end of his working life. Um, I mean, soon he would he would leave America, um, and he'd come back to the United Kingdom to live. But yeah, he. Limelight is regarded as a uh, pretty much a classic now, but I imagine that it was probably quite daunting for him in a way at the time. Um, fantastic set, set of images, very intimate, well worth a look, especially if you're into film history or Charlie Chaplin. Um, and the final one I'm going to mention uh, is Abbas. By Abbas. I think I've actually mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, this is some of his images, some of his work. But really, the post is about an upcoming film that's been made about his life and uh, his photography, and it it looks really, really interesting. There's a, a trailer for the for the film on. The web page again. This is the Magnum Photos website. As usual, all of the links will be on the podcast page. The the relevant links go to richardflintphoto.com forward slash podcast if you want to uh, find that link. But it's also contained within the description of this podcast as well. Um, fantastic photographer. 
um, sort of a quiet professional, really. That's the way I always regarded him. He just went in there, did the business, and it wasn't about him. It was about the subject matter. Um, just a remarkable photographer, and it's great that a, a film has been made about him and his work. Um, take a look at that um, trailer. Take a look at the images on that page. And I will also, in the bonus links, also add his website on Magnum and his own personal website as well. So you can go through. There's a big gallery uh, on there of about 124 images of Abbas's work. So a brilliant little archive. So we're 32 minutes. So I'm slightly overrun by a couple of minutes. But I've managed to pack everything in at least. So... Thanks very much for taking the time to listen and download this or stream this on the player or wherever you've uh, listened to this. I shall be back with a, another one of these podcasts in a month's time. There will probably be a bonus podcast coming, I would imagine, towards the end of this month. I'm not sure what it's about yet, but it will be something interesting it might be photo book off the shelf or talking about a photographer or something like that but i'll i'll think of something so until then again thanks very much for listening and i'll see you all next time